Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. And Paddy and I are coming to you today on what can only be described as a bloody historic night for Aston Villa Football Club. And, and to be honest with you, probably a historic night for any football club, considering what's happened tonight. In, in, in the wake of COVID-19 um, outbreak in Baltimore Heat and within the first team squad, obviously Aston Villa had to, had to field a... Less than experienced, I would call them, side a side that at a quarter to eight tonight uh, had literally no experience of senior football. And I think it's fair to say that coming out at what, at uh, half past nine, quarter to ten uh, tonight, this side has grown in the hearts and minds of the footballing fraternity, uh, the country over, the UK or, or Europe over, or the world over even. I know it's probably make headlines somewhere else. And, and Paddy, I'm going to come to you on that and... You know what, I suppose, before we get into any any specific players' performances, what's your overarching feeling? What was your overarching feeling before the game? And then how did it mellow to, during the game? And how was your feeling after the game? Because I know that we spoke an awful lot about this over the course of the day today. Yeah, well, I don't want to start on a negative, obviously. So let's just say I'm immensely proud of, of, uh, of how the team did tonight. I thought they were absolutely outstanding. Um, it's great to... It's great to look back on a four-one defeat and feel like it, it's been a bit of a win. Um, going back to the, you know, your initial point of view is how did I feel at a quarter to seven when when the teams were announced? I felt a bit disappointed. I felt a bit let down by Liverpool. Um, but then as we got into uh, Jurgen Klopp's um, interview, 
I suppose you've got to take it from their point of view that, you know, th- those guys went out to train yesterday and he seems like a stand-up guy. I like him. I've always liked him. I think he's wore his heart in his sleeve. And he did say that the team that went out tonight were the team that he intended to pick. And that's fine with me. That's absolutely fine with me because, I, you know, I've, I've managed teams and picked the team in my head on a Saturday night to play whatever on a Sunday. Um, and that's the way it goes. That's the, you know, you've made your mind up. You, you've trained that way. You know, you know where you are. And it's, it is what it is. You know, we, we can, we can pick holes in, in what he did and think that he set his team out to make sure they didn't fucking lose the game. But mm. that's, that's life. You know, yeah. it's, you know, he, he spoke about the whole thing yesterday. He, talk, he spoke about talking to Dean Smith and it was only after all the training session that he realised how bad it was for Aston Villa, which was fair enough because it was late in the day when we realised that yeah. there were so, so many tests. So, you know, um, but I'm, I'm immensely proud and uh, we prom- we promised an, old, uh, an opening tonight, so we won't disappoint. And... Uh, uh, little uh, cheers and slauncher to those guys who most of them can't have a drink, but we'll, we'll say cheers anyway to them because, you know, they, they've done themselves proud. They they haven't let anybody down. They've been absolutely immense from start to finish. Um, obviously out on their feet after 60, 65 minutes and it was only to be expected, but uh, lots of highlights and I'm sure we'll go through them. Yeah, it's, uh, I just want to pick up on, on that piece as well. When I saw the Liverpool first team, um, I had a little chuckle to myself and I went, my God, I, I wonder. And, you know, look, a lot of things kind of in the in the heat of the second moment, when you, at the moment when you see it, a couple of things going through my mind. I went, oh, this is retribution for the 5-0 last year in the, in the League Cup quarterfinal. And then when I heard Klopp speak, actually, first of all, when I saw the immense respect he gave Aston Villa and those kids, come out and watch them warming up like he does to every team. That's yeah. his thing. He comes out and he watches the team warm up. And whether it's in, I don't, like for other managers, you might think it was an intimidation factor. I think for Klopp, it's just he likes to see how other teams do it. And he probably gets a feel for certain things during the during that warm up as well. But the immense respect that he showed the, the this team and, and those players, those kids that were out there tonight would have known that Klopp does that. It's a known thing he do, that he does. Absolutely. They would have known that he does it. And if they but, saw that he wasn't... To be honest with you, I, I didn't realise he did that till tonight. I uh, well, ne- never saw coverage of him doing it. And bear in mind that, you know, I, I'm UEFA-educated coach and I did, I, did, I did all my coaching badges, albeit a few years ago now, but... Um, I've never, I've never seen coverage of him stand there and look mm. at the other team, and and they seem to home in on it. Maybe it's because of the team that we had out and whatever. But I just thought, you know what, you showed tremendous respect there. If that's what you do every yeah. week, you're still doing it, it's fantastic. Because I used to spend my time when you know when I was managing, looking at my team and looking at whose whose head wasn't in the game yeah. or whose head was in the game. Exactly. I wasn't looking at the opposition. And and. And like it's that's and I'll come back to that point actually remind me because I'll be a small bit forgetful because there's tons going on in my mind at the moment. But uh, just before we leave Klopp uh, at the minute is that you have to applaud him. You just have to applaud him putting out that team tonight. Like because a lot of times we talk about uh, and the media might throw it out and and in fairness some football managers throw it out and and so on. 
you don't you don't respect the integrity of a cup or a competition and it gets called into question and and so on and there's a talking point over it and I immediately I actually messaged you and I said well Clap can't give out about fixture congestion anymore and when I messaged you I thoroughly believed that for about 15 minutes 20 minutes 30 minutes until I saw him before the game and I went you talk about the magic of the FA Cup and it's the most prestigious and it's the oldest cup competition in the world showed a bit of respect and by respecting it you you show these the kids respect by putting out your best team and like he could have taken take it easy way out and 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 I think the honorable uh, the, the the honorable nature of him said that you, you got to respect the footballing gods you got to respect the cup competition karma is whether you believe in it or not uh, there's, there's there's a bit of goodness to be got out of that and to be honest with you none of those villa players tonight would have had as good memories if they were playing against fellas that had 66, 67, 68, whatever on their back, uh, like they had. They wanted to play against Salah. They wanted to play against Mane. They wanted to to get in close to Curtis Jones. They wanted to to spin off the shoulder of Fabinho. They wanted to 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 feel what it was like to to have maybe someone like Minamoto, like like a wasp running around the place there and trying to see if they can find him because. They all have futures. They all want to have futures in this game. And the best way to prove it is when everybody thinks that you're going to get the doors blown off you. And 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 what better way to do it than to go out against a team that has uh, that has two, if not three, I can't remember was it was a two, if not three, uh, golden boot um, nominees in it. And most of those guys are barely, able, barely old enough to pull up their own trousers. You know, so it's... Uh, it's it's a fantastic achievement, and, and the more I think about it, the more I think that, um, like Liverpool were were had the plaudits and and in in the the quarterfinal last year, um, for playing their their young team and players like, uh, players have come out of that like Nico Williams and, and so on. There's a lot of players have come out of that, and you see Harvey Barnes is is tearing it up in in the championship from it. Our guys have gotten the exposure; they've come out of it with immense respect from the footballing fraternity. And that can only be a good thing for Aston Villa, for those young lads and for the competition itself, almost more, more so than anything else. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it's all about respect. Um, and, you know, when, when I saw the team for the first first time, I thought, oh, you know, he, he loaded the team and it was this and it was that. And in fairness, he expected to play 90% of our first team, which is probably what would have happened. Um, as we said in, in our preview, I was expecting maybe Tom Heaton to get a run, maybe Bjorn Engels, maybe one other. Who knows? We didn't know. We, we had no way of knowing what was going to happen, and especially we had no way of anticipating there was going to be so many COVID uh, cases within the camp. Um I thought he handled himself fairly well. I've always had great respect for him. He, he's, mm. you know, he seems like a really, really good guy and a really stand-up guy. And the way he explained everything that happened yesterday, even in kind of broken English, and I, I, I thought he was losing the run of himself, but he actually explained it really well. And then obviously he had a phone call from Dean Smith to say, "Look, this is this is the way it is. You're playing against the under 18s tomorrow. That's mm. and that's it." And I'm sure he had an opportunity to go, do you know what, to send the under-18s. But he didn't. That's that's the way they prepared all week. That's the and way we've, he is. And we've spoken as and, well, Paddy, you know, about 
we're giving you Liverpool immense credit and, and I think they deserve immense credit for taking it seriously and not uh, patting people on the head. It's, it's patting the club on the head and going, yeah, we should be playing Mickey Mouse team as well. They took it seriously and I think everybody should respect them for that. And I think our, our players respect that. But I also think that our club comes in should come in for an immense amount of credit for this. We didn't bitch. We didn't moan. We didn't go to the FA looking for it to be called off. And I know that we're unpatting us on the back and sometimes self-praise is no praise. But in an instance like this, we respected the cup as well. We mm. respected it by making sure that it was played in the in an efficient manner, by making sure that we put out a, a good spectacle in a way. You know, we gave the magic to the FA Cup tonight, whether we wanted to do it this way or not. I'm sure another 7-2 was how we would love to have done the, the magic of the FA Cup. We've given a bit of sparkle and a bit of magic to the FA Cup. And Bar Marine going out and beating Spurs 2-0 tomorrow. I think the talking point of the tie will be the from the third minute, to the 68th minute of this game and how bloody well our defensive unit, our midfield unit, and how uh, how well we broke away for that goal in this game today we've spoken about because it's, it's the giant killing that we spoke about, but in a different type of a way, if that makes sense. Well, that's it. That, and, and that's probably the some synopsis of what the... It was really hard for the commentators to say that this could be a potential giant killing because it probably would have been the greatest giant killing of them all, even though it was two Premier League teams against each other. And, you know, it was amazing the outport. Like, we, we've spoken so many times, we're Irish. The, the country is full of Liverpool and Man United fans. I had messages from the four corners of Ireland from Liverpool and Man United fans going, do you know what? That was absolutely brilliant that he scored a goal. Nobody believed that we, we would be... And even after 10 minutes of the game, I was going, oh, our back's against the wall, you know. And even even in some of the blocks, we got very, very lucky that the ball just happened to spin into the path of our defenders to clear mm-hmm. them. And, uh, you know, it was, it was one of those FA Cup moments when all of a sudden the ball ends up at Louis Barry's feet. Every touch he makes is absolutely on point. Of all the places he could have put it in, the back of the net. It was the only place it wasn't going to be saved. It was just impeccable from start to finish. It was a great goal. So it's a uh, for us. I, I I think it's one of these moments we look back on this season because we're, we're we're going to have a rough few weeks now, and it'll be, you know, you gotta you gotta worry about how COVID affects people. I know people are. It, it seems to be that most of the players are asymptomatic, even though they're mm-hmm. positive, and I really really hope that's as far as it goes. But, you know, we've seen examples of players who are really, really struggling after having COVID. So it is a worry, um, considering there's possibly 10, 10 first-team players or under 23 players that have this horrible, horrible disease uh, as has affected all our lives for nearly a year now. So um, I, th- I think this is just a bright, shining light before we've got to face into, you know, what, what's going to happen, what fixtures are going to be cancelled, what fixtures are going to be rearranged, because it's, it's just going to be a madness few months now. And, you know, albeit without the distraction of the FA Cup. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of weekends that we can refix them. 
Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's look, there's there could be decisions there I have to be made in regards to COVID, to be honest with you. I know it's an overarching reason as to why we're talking about such great performance. We've got we it's looking like we're gonna have weeks to talk about stuff uh, that won't be won't be with regards to, to a product in the field. Sad and all as it is to say, I think the Spurs game's gone. Everything game is most likely gone. Who knows? Who knows, really, we're in a holding pattern, I think, at the moment, until we find out more. And to be honest with you, I'm okay. To, well, I'm not okay with it. It's not a football. I really, really want it. It's been keeping me pretty sane during the during the, the last uh, the last few weeks. It's really uplifted my mood since uh, since July. And uh, look, doing this, the, the, the um, I suppose the reality of, of getting into a a routine of, of coming on here and talking to talking to somebody about something else. You know, it, it's been really good, and we will still come and we will start. We will still talk about stuff. I've got a couple of things in mind for, it, but I think we're gonna keep the real COVID chat for maybe a different conversation because I don't want it to to over um to to, to overarch on what the likes of guys here that I've never heard of in, in any great capacity before I've done before. Callum Rowe, take a bow. What a true ball, and we'll talk about the goal in a moment. Uh, Jack Walker didn't Jake Walker didn't even know he existed. Um, you know, things like that. Um, like talk to me about the team, Paddy. Talk to me about that team that went out there. Uh, who do you think was who, who do you think was out there today and, and and was 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 absolutely you know, put their hand up and said, I can make a living out of this sport at a, at a very, very high level. And this is my chance and I'm going to take it. Well, I, I, I think, I think from, you know, we, we go back to it was maybe 2011, 2012, when we won the next gen, which was effectively the European championships for this age group. Um, and I think we're only really looking at Jack Grealish coming out of that group. Um, and if memory serves me correct, he may have been a year younger than than those guys. Um, but for these guys, this is this is their next gen. This is their um, this is their cup final. And you look across the. I thought the back four, the goalkeeper, um, um, Chris Hayne or Chris Hayne, or I think they called them four or five different names. Um, absolutely smashing fella, um, you know, just full of energy, full of life. You know, you could see there's a good all togetherness with the group. But, mm-hmm. You know, I know we speak about it at the first team level. These guys were all there for each other. You, you saw the, the reaction when he scored the goal. I don't know whether it was a reaction of uh, what the hell happened here or, you know, it was just a genuine outpouring of emotion. Um, but for me, you know, the back four, um the goalkeeper is fantastic. Um, you know, I, I think there's a big future in the game for him. Um, yeah. I really hope he pushes on. Be, you know, it's going to be very hard to push on into our first team. I hope he gets away and gets some uh, extra minutes somewhere. And, I tell you, and, I guess what about keeper, I couldn't understand whether he was wearing a headband at one stage and I thought he had a bookies pen behind his ear. <laughs> Uh, or that maybe it was a biro that he was doing his homework before his uh he was left out of his digs. Uh, 
and, and he forgot to take the pen from behind his ear, and then I realized it was a hairband. And uh, yeah, I was in, I was in a in, in a chat group, and, mm-hmm. and and they mentioned it was a hairband as well. And I went, "Of course, it's a hairband. Why would it be Byron behind his fucking ear?" Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was a, a an earpiece, so he could get the instructions in from the sideline. <laughs> yeah, so he could talk. He could be VAR as well. Was it that? But VAR must have had COVID too. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, he was good. He was very good. He made some great. That double save was great. Like I thought it came off the post and came across, but yeah, you got a head to it. He kind of flicked. No, it I know he did move back. his hand. I know there wasn't a whole pile. He could have done, but Jesus, look, you take away from the goal. So, um, you know, two two impulsive saves. Obviously, a very good shot stopper. Was very decent in the air. Commanded his area well. I think there's a great future for that guy. Damn. Um, I think a special mention for me for for Callum Rowe. I thought I thought of all the guys who I didn't know, I would have known Dominic Revan, Mungo Bridge, Louis Barry, uh, Hayden Kessler, um, obviously Winston Bogard's nephew is playing in midfield, um, Chris Sane that we signed for, signed in the summer, um, and then you you got these guys who just appear now and nowhere, and it's just. You know, I'm immensely proud of our club because they're they're all play, they're all playing exactly as you expect their first team to play, and and that has to go through right through the team. So it's it was absolutely a pleasure to watch. You were expecting nothing, and for you know, for uh, for 60 minutes we got the world because it was just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I want to echo your, you know, a couple of names that you mentioned there. Dominic Revan is a fully grown man. Well, I'd expect he is. He's 20 years of age. That's a bit patronizing instead of a 20 year old man. Um, but uh, looked, no, looked every inch a decent player, uh, not, more than a decent player. Once again, patronizing, fucking thing to say. I was talking about Liverpool not patting us in the head and saying, well done, giving us the respect, to these young kids, the respect they deserve. Mm-hmm. And there I go in and I disrespect them by calling them young lads and, and stuff like that. Dominic Revan was, in a, was a tight note there today in the air. Mungo Bridge knows how to play the game of football, knows how to play centre half. He's a new age centre half. Um, and uh, whether he ends up at centre half or left back, uh, very reminiscent to Tyrone Mings, tall left back. Who yeah. knows? Don't want to be making casting aspersions considering the two of them play similarly, look similarly. You know, it's but uh, I'm excited. Put it this way, I'm excited. There could be Dominic Revan, bit of a, a right-sided Courtney Howes. Less the, uh, should I not get maybe I get shot down for saying it? And then Mungo Bridge, a uh, bit of a claw to Tyrone Mings. Uh, really, really enjoyed the two of them. Jake Walker, I thought, did a great job. He was brought in, like um, uh, Hayden Kessler uh, was moved back into right back for most of the game. He was slated to start right midfield, moved into right back. We played five at the back, and Jake Walker was uh, was a right-sided centre-half for most of it. I thought he was tough as nails. He's the look of a, 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 you know, he could go on and do anything with his career. I don't know enough about him. I genuinely hadn't heard anything about him before tonight um, in much regard but he looks like a guy who could be who could maybe go to the championship and develop a really good career like an Adam Webster like uh, you know one of these guys that will turn up at Brentford and, and and end up having having you know until he's 24 or 25 and being a colossus at the back for them you know he just has that look about him he's, he's a strong kid and, and and I really like that once again patronised him again calling him a kid I need to really cop on um, Callum Rose true ball is just the, the best it's the best thing i've seen villa do this year it's just so good it's so good it's so good and uh, silla is better silla mamadou uh, mamadou silla has already done more than yakuba silla did 
uh, for us in his career. Um, Winston Bogard's Winston Bogard's nephew is going to be a player. His positional sense was excellent tonight. Seventeen years of age, his legs just failed him, and um, but he was he had no problem following around people there in the middle of the field, making it a bit easier for Mungo Bridge and, and Dominic Revan. And at times he slatted back in there at centre half when Mungo Bridge had to go out to the left hand side when Callum Rowe had gone forward a small bit or gone to press, uh, to press maybe a midfielder. Really impressed with with how he was able to do it as a seventeen year old. Didn't see an awful lot of uh, of Arjun Reiki. I'm going to try and pronounce his name. I've probably gotten it wrong. Um, uh, but I once again can't say he did anything wrong. Chris Ene, sixteen years of age. You can see why he's got five senior caps for 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 Exeter. Uh, Kane Hayden Kessler for me, I think is going to be an outstanding fullback. I think he's going to be brilliant. Uh, well, he's going to be brilliant for Villa. I think he's going to come through the ranks. I'm going to see him. Seventeen years of age. And then we talk about uh, King Louis. King Louis the <laughs> uh, first, we call him because it was his first goal and his first uh, his first appearance. But Louis Barry, Louis Barry, uh, what like the the he had he had a fifteen second window for almost I'm gonna say fifteen second window for. Uh, you know, to, to set up his legend. And I'm going to go as far as say that because we've talked an awful lot about him. Villa fans are talking about him since this time last year. Mm. Uh, and, and English football fans and English football youth fans are talking about him three years ago when he was only 14 years of age coming through at West Brom and going to and getting his move to get his move to Barca. But Louis Barry had a chance today from that absolute like just brilliant true ball from from Canberra. He will never play a pass as good as that. There are players that will play 15, 20 years in the Premier League and never play a pass like that again, (laughs) ever. It's just like absolute caramel that pass was. And I'm not and I'm not overdoing it. I'm not being hyperbolic when I say it. But the run Louis Barry makes Paddy talk me through that. That that like the the movement sends the tingles down my spine from that striker today. Well, it, I think it was kind of apt that uh, Michael Owen was uh, on, on the sideline with BT Sports tonight, unfortunately, because of can't stand listening to Michael Owen. But it was Michael Owen-esque uh, as, as regarded player. He just had the right amount of touches. The the second last touch, obviously, the most important to set yourself. And he, he just absolutely sublime finish. Um kind of in slow motion it was kind of like he got, he got cleared of the defender and it was just like oh my god oh my god <laughs> is this gonna happen but it was just it was fantastic it, it really was and you know we're, we're looking at a guy who was obviously you know from, from a personal point of view I'm absolutely disgusted that he's uh he's played for England because he did play for Ireland underage mm-hmm. as well and uh, I don't know what Ireland has done to him or, or how they've let him down, which wouldn't be anything alien to what's happened to many young people in, in this country. But they've been, he, he's been let down and he's ended up playing for England. And, you know, best of luck to him because I've, I've lost complete faith in international football, especially our own country. Our own country's but, international football is, 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 is not in a good spot, nor will it be probably for... No. Yeah. The, the reality is that international football might not recover from this pandemic and it might be just no, a, a secondary no. thing. And if it is, it is, you know, they, they, they've uh, they've they've messed that up themselves. It probably should have been scrapped and getting on an airplane obviously isn't a really good idea. 
So we'll uh, we'll park that for now and and just say Louis Barry take a bow, son. It was a fantastic finish. Every touch you, you took in the lead up to it was spot on, and long may it continue. And let's let's give him a little bit of a break. Let's not rush him through. Oh the, yeah, hundred percent. You know, there's everybody gone. Where's Louis Barry? Where? Well, there he is. We know he mm. can do it. He's there. He's there. He's waiting. He's still a little bit too young. Let him learn his trade. Let him grow up a little bit. Let him become a man. And for many, many years, you, you could see his eyes light up tonight in that interview when he's talking about being a Villa fan. And it was just a pleasure to watch. It was just, as as my son called him, exactly what he is. He's Jack Grealish 2.0. And let's hope he can push on and be as good, if not better, than Jack Grealish because... His, uh, with the exception of going to Barcelona, his uh, career has nearly mirrored what Jack Grealish has done with regard to playing on the Rage World and gone on to play for England, being an absolute star for Aston Villa. And I have no doubt that if this man gets his head together and uh, gets his head in the game, does everything he's supposed to do, works hard, trains hard, he will be part of Dean Smith's plans very, very quickly. Mm, absolutely. I, I echo the sentiment. I'd like, I would. Don't really mind. I wouldn't mind if he was on the bench and he came off every so often. But this is a kid that isn't like that. that uh, yes, we might get five good years out of him uh, if we if we throw him in too early. As in that his body might break down playing against uh, fully grown humans. I don't think it's patching. I patronized Dominic Revan when I said that he was that he was a good lag at twenty years of age. He's probably t- double my height and can probably you know lift weights that are heavier than my house. <laughs> Um, but uh, Louis Barry is—he's uh, a like he's a kid. He's 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 considered in the eyes of the law a minor, uh, you know. And I think that we need to treat him that way. I think if you were to ask Mike Lone going back to it, and I think uh, it's not being hyperbolic. It's not just being a, a, an easy, um, an easy comparison to make between the two of them. I I compared it in the Villa view. I compared his goal. It was like the run across the defender he made gave the defender something to think about. It was follow him, get sent off, or know that, listen, I'm beat all ends up here and hope he misses the target mm-hmm. because there was no recovering from it, the, the position the defender got himself into. And I think that I think that, that 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 run was very reminiscent to, and I said it as well, it's very reminiscent to Mike Lohan's goal against Argentina when he exploded onto the scene. And once again, I'm not talking above my station to say something like that. It's a similarity. I'm not going to say that he's got turned out as good as Mike Lone, but I would say going back to it, if you were to ask Mike Lone, were his hamstring injuries and so on probably as a result of being overplayed too young and underdeveloped? Maybe his doctors, maybe his physios, maybe his his, his trainers, maybe they might admit along with him. You know, if if you were to give him truth serum, that yes, probably I wasn't fully formed. And I had a lot of wear and tear on my body by 25, 26, 27. And then he, you know, then he ends up at, at, at Newcastle and he ends up, you know, trading the bench for United and he ends up kind of, you know, just kind of petering out his career as such. But uh, who know? Who knows? Who knows? Sports science has come on an awful lot since then. Um, I'm expecting great things from Louis Barry, but I'm okay to expect them in 18 months' time as well. To still be expecting them in 18 months' time as well because I prefer him to be properly managed than to be thrown in because because uh, the masses want it, if that mm. makes sense. But if you're good enough, you're old enough as there's well. So, there's so much mitigating factors here. Um, I know you have the figures there, but like you look at Fabinho, Milner, Wijnaldum, Jordan Henderson, Salah, Mane, Minamino, 
Um, the Williams guy that plays for Wales. How many mm-hmm. caps between them? Five hundred and forty-three caps for every. So every every Liverpool player that's set foot in the field tonight, and I think I have this right. Uh, they've played five hundred and forty-three international games for their countries. Uh, some standout numbers there are Sheridan Shakiri's eighty-five caps for his country. Uh, yeah, like Mane seventy-one caps for his country. When Aldum 70, 70 caps. When Aldum is seventy caps for 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 uh, the Dutch team, wouldn't have thought that. Not saying he's bad, just wouldn't have, wouldn't have had him up there at seventy caps. Um, yeah. but when you go down to it, like that whole Aston Villa team added together this year between under 18 and under 23 matches have played 96 matches, only played 96 matches. Yeah. And that's, that's cumulatively between the whole team. So you, you divide that up. They've played nine matches this year. Like, like the, the experience, like the golfing experience is not quantifiable. It's just not quantifiable. Now look, let's, let's call it a spade a spade. They were, they were, they were out on their feet after yeah. 65 minutes. And, and that was only to be understandable, you know, but to, to get ourselves That's where the goals in, came. Pardon? That's when the goals came, you know. And there was Absolutely. always going to be a time when they were going to, like, they were going to chip in with a goal or two, yeah. you know. They, they got the first goal when we were nervous and we were growing into the game. And then we, we got our equaliser and what a fantastic equaliser it was. But, like, the, the lads were always going to tire uh, as the game went on. But I, I think... I think I think from a personal point of view, this is going to be one weekend that you know you look at the scoreline and say we've been hammered, we've beaten four one. No, we haven't. We we these guys have gone out and done our club absolutely proud, and um, they've done the fans proud. I don't think there's anybody's going to wake up in the morning too upset at what's happened. Um, you know we we we've got guys at home self isolating, fighting bigger battles than them guys did tonight and uh, I think I think if you, if you take the time to go through the first team players and what they tweeted tonight and the the respect they had for the performance of those guys tonight I think that just says it all um, from from 1 to 11 obviously not from 1 to 11 from 47 to whatever it was <laughs> um, 42 <laughs> to 60 whatever I think it was a 70 I think Bogart had 70, oh, he, was 70. Yeah, he was 70 so, yeah you know, all we can all we can do from our point of view is say, "Well done, lads! You did your club proud. You did the fans proud. You have nothing to worry about other than keep it going. Get yourself in the game. Keep your head right. Keep your head down. Work hard. Forget about the money. Forget about the fame, because there's a lot of those guys that have the world at their feet, and only they can change it. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Um, before we leave, I just want to have I want to say a quick thing about it. Maybe two forgotten men in in this podcast that we haven't spoken about. We've given lots of credit to the guys in the field. I'm actually going to say three. I'm actually going to say four forgotten men. Um, Mark Delaney on the on, on, in the dugout for Aston Villa today. It's very so heartwarming to see somebody who I just looked up to so much as a player for Aston Villa. Like yeah. when people ask me to name my top Villa eleven, they're shocked when I say Mark Delaney. But a lot of my my mates go who, and I go yeah. You see, he was a fantastic defender, a curtailed injury very very quickly, you know, so on and so forth. We we've been down this road with this training the under nines. Now he's training. Now now he's, he was in the dugout for the under nines only ten years ago. Now he's in the dugout yeah. in the FA Cup game for Aston Villa. 
his club. Effectively, the first team. It's the first team. Yeah, against Liverpool. He 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 managed against Jurgen, Jurgen Klopp today at 24 hours notice with a team that literally, and, and it's no exaggeration to say, they found players that were, they tested negative, not players they they wanted to put together for any tactical or specific reason. They found ter- players that tested negative and put them out in the field today. It's mental. Yeah. It's, 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 it's outrageous when you think of it. Mm-hmm. But he, he deserves a lot of credit. Mark Harrison uh, defected from the baggies, came across the road to, uh, to, to Villa Park and uh, did a superb job putting together a very, very good structure. Um, I must say, I didn't... I, I Whenever you hear... Um, when a director of youth football and stuff like that comes in and, and then Dean Smith says afterwards and he goes, well, we want to develop a structure that's done from under eight to all the way up to the senior team and we want to play the same way. And you always have to laugh at it because what will happen is the second the team starts playing poorly, a manager will go, screw this, we're going long ball or screw this, we're going playing it my way. And before you know it, like they're, they're not going to lose their job for it. And it's, it's kind of like, okay, right, you just win a few games. You know, we don't want the kids leaving or, or being unhappy. But genuinely, I saw a lot of similarities in that team today with, with, the, with the senior team that we put out. The high pressing, the banks of four uh, were very reminiscent to what we played last year when we just had Ali Smato up front, the withdrawn wingers, uh, at times almost playing a back five. But for me, what I was blown away with was, there was a couple of times in the first half, kickouts, Paddy, where we were kicking the ball right out into the, out into the sideline, just like Gabby Martinez does. Yeah. It finally it clicked at me. I know a couple of them went over the, went over the line. Okay, yeah, it didn't work out. The kid's nineteen years of age. He's yeah. probably he's never kicked the ball in, in in Villa Park before. Doesn't know the extremities of the of the of the field. But that to me gave me immense uh, cur- uh, encouragement for the direction of this club. And Dean Smith and Christian Purcell are the next two men that I, that I think deserve a great amount of credit well, for this. George Boateng in that as well. Well, George, George Boateng, yes, yeah, absolutely. George Boateng, he, George Boateng should be should be mentioned as well. But Dean Smith and, and Purcell, it's very much a vision from the top down, and I think Purcell spoke very well today on BT beforehand yeah. uh, from isolation. He spoke very well, but I get a feeling that there's very much kinship between those two men. And when they say something, they mean it, and they're honest. Well, I would I would say when Dean Smith says something, he's honest, and I think he's brought that honesty with him. And I think Perslow believes in him. And I think at the end of last year, when people were talking about maybe Perslow was looking to kind of jump ship with Dean, and Perslow was saying, "No, he's our manager. He's our manager. We're not getting rid of him." I think Perslow would think I think we can now believe that that's the case because these two guys like working together. I think they believe in each other's visions for it, and I think they believe that they're the right men as of now. We could be saying in 18 months time, people could be bringing up this soundbite and saying, well, that didn't last too long. But that's the game of football. As yeah. of right now, everything they said, they're doing, they're doing. And I can't, you know, and I can't let a game like this, to, like like today, go without, without speaking about that. And we're, we're probably over the top with, with our happiness today, but. No, I don't, I don't, I don't believe we are. You know, it, this, this is, it's, it's a long term program developed by football people, implemented by football people. Um, like Christian Borslow has a long history in the game. Um, we've got one of our own at the helm. Mm-hmm. It's it's blatantly obvious that all our teams all the way along are going to play exactly the same way. And that, you know, that's that's fantastic. That's the way it should be. And that's all you hope for in a club. Um, you know, 
the worry now is we we go into a period of, of darkness worrying, you know, we, we like Richard O'Kelly is 64. Mm. You know, down to John Terry, who's a little bit younger than me. What's he 40, 40, 41? Four backroom or staff now have COVID-19. This it's serious. Like, you know, it, it could be anybody from the physio to the chef or whatever it is, and I just wish them all so so well. It's it's just the the abiding thing that is in the back of my mind going. You know, that is all that matters now is that these guys recover, get themselves back, get the vaccine, get everything sorted, get back on the pitch, um, be happy, be healthy. And, you know, the future is bright. I would hate to think that something like this pandemic could derail what they've already started. So I hope I hope that will never happen. I hope all the players, you know, we could talk about long COVID, we could talk about all the implications that have hit so many players. So let's just park that and hope for the best and hope that everybody is okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, I think it's 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 been a night that I think everybody can come up with their head held high. Liverpool, the FAA, Aston Villa, the game of football, uh, and Villa fans... Whoever wants to talk about it, I think they come up with their head held high. Um, nobody disgraced themselves tonight, which I think is very, very, uh, is, uh, very obvious. I think people made names for themselves tonight, and the underdog story is still well and truly, um, alive. Uh, yeah. it feeds and, in and one, this one more person. I don't, I don't know whether we have to we have to name him or whatever whatever it is, but let's have a special mention. We, we criticised him so many times, but the referee tonight, I thought, was fantastic. Absolutely. He he was so sympathetic to everything that has gone in the last 24 hours. You could see, even when Louis Barry was jogging back to the, yes. his position after scoring the goal, a little smile from the referee. Went over and to congratulate you know him. Like. It was refreshing just to see that these guys are human. So... I, I don't even know who it was. It's a great person. It was great person. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I, th- I think we gave him bags of VRF for us only a couple of games ago. <laughs> well, look, when the, when the facts where's, change, when the facts change. You, if you're going to slag off these guys, you know, we, we discussed the other day about slagging off Tyrone Mings or whatever. You, you've got to say, you know, when, when they do a good job, they do a good job. I thought, I thought he handled it very well. Um, there was a couple of challenges that you would have seen. Mike Dean throw out stupid yellow cards for, you know, this this was uh, an occasion that needed to be handled by a man, and I thought he handled it very, very well. So fair play to him, and hats off to you, Craig Pawson. I hope you go home and have a beer tonight, and you sleep well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, have anything else to say? I don't think I've, I don't think there's anything else. Uh, as I say, my mind is racing. I'm I'm super happy with this with this result. Well, not with the result tonight. I'm super happy with what Aston Villa Football Club are, are going to get from this. Um, I think is immeasurable. Uh, the opportunity is there for a lot of people. The opportunity is there for the club to capitalize on this. As I mentioned, Nico Williams wasn't within NASA's row of that Liverpool team last year, and now he's he's a viable yeah. option at right back for them. Um, in the absence of of, of Trent Alexander Arnold, so but one or two of these players, we're going to see them get a chance this year. 
it's success breeds success as i mentioned the underdog story is still alive this aston villa underdog story it's gone it's gone on you couldn't have had a bigger underdog story than we had tonight to match with all the rest of our underdog stories that we've had let's keep it going let's 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 make sure that this is this is a good season um i want to thank everybody for listening uh into this podcast i want to thank you again paddy um uh, we'll do with Acre Sports, man, a match, Paddy, and I and I think we've got a maybe a small bit of it, but I I I, I don't know. I, I I might be speaking for for I might be speaking for both of us here, but um, my Acre Sports, man, a match is once again going to a goalkeeper, and I'm going to give it uh give it to the goalkeeper. He made a lot of saves that were, you know, were were were, were very assured. Um, that double save itself, whether he knew anything about the second one or not, is was uh was what it was he conceded four goals but yeah fair play to him he had he had he was in a hiding to nothing tonight and uh and he came out of it and equipped himself very very well who would yeah. you give the lake of sports man a match to? um i'm inclined to agree with you for for a guy whose first touch was to pick the ball out of the net after four yeah. minutes I, I thought he grew into the game i thought he's fantastic special mention to callum Rowe. i thought he ran him very close to to man yeah. of the match and do you know what <laughs> Uh, depending on who you speak to it could be anybody so um, yeah I'm, I, I'm not going to disagree with you there I thought he had a great game and I think we have the Hungarian uh, Martinez ready to uh, grow 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 a bit in uh, in stature if not height and uh, may him have a long steady career and best of luck to him yeah, uh, and as long as he keeps off those grey tracksuit pants, uh, we'll hold on to this guy, <laughs> yeah. to this Hungarian goalkeeper. Um, don't be looking at your predecessors. Don't be looking at your predecessors. Yeah, yeah, you're doing everything right. You don't need to change anything. Um, as I say, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks everybody uh, for for interacting with the podcast, and thank you very much to Aston Villa Football Club today for for doing us proud in a game whereby we made history. With 16 debutants today, every single player that played for Aston Villa today was a debutant. Paddy sent me this, uh, sent me on that stat earlier on today. Um, the 16 players are debutants. Last time that happened was the very, very first game Aston Villa ever played in 1874. Um, not a lot of clubs can say that they've had two situations where everybody has made their debut, and uh, and Aston Villa can once again steeped in history always breaking records Aston Villa that's what we do um, so thanks everybody for listening I don't know if we're going to come back to you to talk to you about football anytime soon but we will be back to talk to you about something in the very very near future um, congratulations to every single one of those players I hope this day lasts long in your memories but I hope it isn't the highlight of your career I hope every single one of you go on to be the golden generation that, uh, that, that you have every single opportunity to be Final word, well done to that coach for in uh, giving out to Louis Barry to go and get his, his short back from uh, yes. Fabinho. Yes. And fair play to Fabinho to hand it over his short, even though yeah. he could have very easily walked back to the dressing room with it. Yeah. Um, it was a, it's a special short that will hang on his wall for many years to come. Yeah. And long may it continue. Uh, congratulations to all involved. And Absolutely. Over. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, lads, we'll be back to you soon with something uh, as, uh, later on. I don't know, some stage next week. Uh, mind yourselves, stay safe, uh, keep your distance, do what, do what, uh, do everything you can to keep everybody safe. 
And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.